Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. A lot of our girls are down bad right now in the WNBA, and it's pretty alarming. We're really only two weeks into the season, and there are over a dozen players who have sustained some kind of injury. Of those players include Candace Parker, Diana Taurasi, Natasha Howard, Ariel Powers, Ali Quigley, and Elena Deladon. Now, I've been reading a few articles and seeing that the wear and tear on their bodies when they play overseas after they finish here in the States, uh, which you and I discuss a lot, yeah, is a factor in how susceptible these women are to injury. Yeah, well, essentially, it's like they don't really get a break. Right. Yeah, we always talk about this. Um, I think we talked about this last week, actually, like the NBA, for example, like after their season, they focus on rehabilitation, taking care of their body. Um, just taking care of anything that they feel was off during the season. Um, but when it comes to the WNBA, uh, they have to go overseas and play because they don't make nearly as much. So they don't really ever catch a break. And then the WNBA schedule is also very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's very condensed. And mm. even during the season, it's hard to catch a break. Right. Yeah. Um, Business Insider's Meredith Cash wrote, The physical consequences of skipping recovery can be stark. The Liberty's Jocelyn Willoughby suffered an Achilles tear after spending the offseason in Israel. Sky sharpshooter Ali Quigley is struggling with a hamstring strain after winning Russian and EuroLeague titles with UMMC at Katerinburg this spring <laughs> and the Suns Brienne January tweaked her ankle after returning stateside from a full season with Hungarian squad Sopron Basket like there is no downtime they're always on the go and it's so sad that it's linked to the money yeah they should never have to do that like ever mm-hmm. and it is because of the money and it reminds me of because we've also talked about this a lot like when we talk about like college um, athletes, for example, and getting paid, yeah, we always bring up like there have been a few college athletes who have gotten injured or had to retire during their college career because like of an injury or a health condition, and it's like imagine these athletes haven't made any money off of their sport yet, and then they have to retire, for example, and in this situation, it's kind of the same thing. Like these athletes have to play year round. They're in a professional league. They're in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And then they have to play year-round with no break because they're not making enough money as a WNBA player. And that should be more of an incentive for the league to give them more money. Like, yes. That kind of – it threatens the longevity of their career if they're always on the go and putting their body through so much just to essentially get by. Whereas there's other people who are on a roster but not playing – and bringing in millions of dollars every millions. year because and they're men. Exactly. And also, if you think about it this way, like, in terms of the WNBA, like, wouldn't you want your players to stay in the States and recover at your facilities and with the team? Right. Like, it's just, it's really hard to wrap my head around. Like, it's like their team, and then after the season, they all go their separate ways to all countries around the world. And then they'll come back and do it all over again. Like, they don't get a break. That's Mm -hmm. what's, like, 
And it's such a physically demanding job. Obviously, you're an athlete, especially when you go overseas. Um, I feel like overseas basketball tends to be not even just a bit more physical, but even more competitive in a way. Um, and the training, it's just different out there, you know? Yeah, I agree. And it's really hard for them to have to do that and not get any time off or, like, have time to recover. And their bodies, like, it's not good for them. Like, you shouldn't want your players to have to do that. Yeah. And like you said, you should want them to be in the best condition under your facility, especially because this league is not that big. Like, there's not that many players as is. And there's so many stars right now that are out. It's yes. not indefinitely, but like like Diana, for an example, she um, has a small sternum fracture. That's not linked to her playing overseas, but it is linked to, you know, the short downtime. Um, but yeah, she got a sternum fracture about two weeks ago during a game against the Connecticut Sun, and she's going to be out for a minimum of four weeks. That's so, that's long considering their season. And, yeah, like you're saying, there's only about 144 players in total. Mm -hmm. And over a dozen are injured. A lot of them are big names, too. That's about one-twelfth of the whole entire league is injured. And, yeah, uh, people are going to say, but they didn't get injured overseas, or it's not related to that. But it is because if you take any other athlete, for instance, during their offseason, literally all they focus on is – Say, like, you know, during the season their hamstring was hurting or their ankle didn't feel right. What they focus on is recovery. So they're just trying to make their body stronger and focus on the things that don't feel right. Mm -hmm. They're literally not doing that. They're literally going straight from playing to playing to playing to playing. Like, no matter who you are, I don't care. LeBron would get injured too doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the strongest athlete would not be able to sustain that. The biggest names in the NBA would not even be able to sustain playing it year-round. Like, right. imagine if NBA players had to go overseas in the offseason. People would lose their mind. A part of building strength is allowing your body to recover. It's the same thing with working out. Like, just the average person going to the gym, you do have to have recovery days. You can't keep tearing your muscles, expecting them to regrow and get stronger if you're not allowing them time to recover, for lack of a better word. Like, All you're going to do is just damage your body. It's about balance. It can't just be 100% every single day. Exactly. That's why it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, Even from, like, the team standpoint. Like, I wouldn't want my players to have to do that. And, like, risk getting injured or not being able to catch a break. But I think... um, yeah, it's I don't know who It's like a tricky situation, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. I don't know who's going to have to change something, but I know like the coaches see what it's doing to their players as well. Yeah. Like even back in 2019, a Minnesota Lynx coach Cheryl Reeve said to the New York Times, "The year-round play for WNBA players is a detriment to the WNBA product." She also said The physical and mental toll it takes on the league's elite players is reflected Mm -hmm. in some of the league's best sitting out the WNBA season to rest, as well as these players sustaining injuries. Yeah, there's only so much even like, I mean, everyone sees it. 
everyone probably agrees, but what is a co- like? What can the coaches do? That's why it's like I don't even know where they would begin. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like you have to go to like the higher ups and figure something out. Mm-hmm. But it's just difficult when like everyone knows it. Like everyone is seeing this. Yeah. Like it's not. It's really not rocket science. Like no matter what your job is, even a regular job, you need a break. Especially yeah. a physically demanding job, like that's why. But it is frustrating because it's like, where do you even start? Like, who do you even go to for this? It's I frustrating. It's like it you is. lose one star, you gain one. It's like we we didn't have Sabrina Ionescu last season. Now we don't have Candace. We didn't have Brianna Stewart that one season because of her injury overseas, and mm-hmm. now we're down Diana for a month. Like it's just, it's so annoying. It's really really annoying. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. Because it's preventable. Yeah, it is. Um, but it it's just frustrating. Because it's like, everyone knows it's happening. And I think now, uh, there's going to be more attention around it. But even then, it's like, there, something needs to happen. Like, Because soon enough, the athletes are just like, their bodies aren't going to be able to take it. What are they going to do? You know what I mean? Some of them make more money overseas than in the WNBA. Absolutely. It if was they a- ha- Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if it came down to it, a lot of them would probably pick overseas basketball because they make more money. Yes. So in 2015, actually, Diana Taurasi had to sit out of her WNBA season to recover from an injury she sustained while playing in Russia. So that team over there asked her to just like relax and recover instead of play. And she took that deal and she wrote in a letter to uh, the Phoenix Mercury fans. She said, the year round nature of women's basketball takes its toll. And the financial opportunity with my team in Russia would have been irresponsible to turn down. They offered to pay me to rest and I've decided to take them up on it. I want to be able to take care of myself and my family when I'm done playing. That's really heartbreaking that you have to, you know, be so vulnerable with your fans. Like, listen, y'all. I'm really sorry that I'm missing this season, but I cannot turn down that money. Like my, my actual home team, I have to step away from you all because I'm not getting paid enough here. And I have to sit down for my European team because they're paying me more. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about. Like, like I, it's so hard. Like the things we talk about, like I can't even wrap my head around. But at the end of the day, like, eventually the athletes are going to be fed up if something doesn't change. Especially, I think, when you see, like, other contracts with, like, the NBA. Like, that player who's making making millions from sitting on the bench, not even playing one second. Yeah. Like, how does that not drive you up a wall? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I can't even put my head around it. And honestly, I don't blame any of the players if they decide to play overseas and like take a rest from the WNBA season because we talked about it even their schedules are very like constant I wouldn't blame them either I mean it would obviously be sad especially now with how how much more popular the WNBA has become but even as a fan I can say like popularity and money are not the same thing like (laughs) Pay them what they deserve. Like, let yes. that popularity match the paycheck. And so many of them also, like, they have families. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they need the money. Like, this is their careers. Mm-hmm. They're not doing Like, it's not like they're doing it for fun. Like, this is their job. 
but sometimes they have to make it the part-time job like yes isn't that horrible which is insane to me like it takes up so much of your time and there are a lot of athletes who this is the, this is the side hustle playing in the WNBA this is the side hustle it's great and also if you think about it like year-round overseas and in person and a lot of them have families so even like their personal lives are taking a toll yeah like it's just I don't know like it's frustrating uh just being a fan like imagine being in it yeah so I don't know I don't know either, but we we wish a speedy recovery to all the players that are on the injury list right now. Um, We're anxious to see you all back on the court, finishing out this season. Um, And yeah, we'll be keeping our eyes on it. In tennis news, Naomi Osaka released a statement earlier this week about her decision to no longer do press at Roland Garros. So her statement reads... Hey everyone, hope you're all doing well. I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do any press during Roland Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. We're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before, or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room, and I know you have as well. I believe that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament, and a couple journalists I've interviewed, wait, a couple journalists have interviewed me since I was young, so I have a friendly relationship with most of them. However, if the organizations think that they can just keep saying, do press or you're going to be fined, and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their corporation, then I just got to laugh. Anyways, I hope the considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. Oh, wow. Right. I love her. I do too. She's very, like, well-spoken, and she seems extremely mature, and... Even when she was, like, oh, like, she was going to donate to, like, a mental health charity, whatever, she was fine. But I think it's, there's clearly, like, obviously we're, like, we study journalism. Like, we want to do sports journalism. But in the same sense, I feel like there also needs to be, like, a line of respect. Like, I think when she pointed out, like, it's different if a player doesn't want to do, like, media interviews and stuff just because, like, they don't want to. Like, if there's, like, no, I don't need to do that in a way. But it's different when it's taking a toll on their mental health mm-hmm. or they're just not feeling comfortable to do it, like, a certain day, then I don't think they should be fine for that, you know? Like, um, I agree. I see where she's coming from. There, mm-hmm. Like you said, there has to be some line of respect between the press and the athletes because at the end of the day – both need each other. Like, let's be yeah. real. Um, there are a lot of talented athletes. The way you get money is through the press, in a way, because it's like with press, that's how you get popularity. That's what brings TV deals. That's what brings endorsements. All this money is linked to fan engagement and interaction, and you don't get that without that link between the press because 
unless you're front and center watching these athletes play, you don't see it. So yeah. the press is very necessary mm-hmm. and they're not going anywhere. This, this is how all these organizations make their money. So you need both. And if the athlete doesn't want to be interviewed because they feel disrespected, that's money. That's why they get fined. So it's like that relationship is super important. And I'm glad she pointed out some of the journalists that she does have a friendly relationship with because that is how we have some of our most favorite interviews usually come from a good relationship between the the journalist and the athlete. Because there's, you know, that comfortability there, that vulnerability, you know. So this, like her saying she's not going to do press there for this tournament um, should be very, not alarming, because it's not scary. I mean, there's plenty of people who don't want to do press or who have just chosen not to and have gotten fined before. But I, it, it should be at the forefront of a lot of journalists' minds. Like, what can we do <clears throat> to kind of make these athletes more comfortable? Because mm-hmm. there are some journalists who just overstep. Let's be real. Yeah. But then there's other situations where they don't mean to be rude, but certain questions have to be asked. Yeah. Like, Remember um, Yanis and Malika Andrews? Do you yeah. remember that interview? Yeah, um, yeah. I, do, I didn't I do, think I her question was disrespectful at all. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. remember what the question was, but I know when I heard it, I didn't think anything of yeah, it. Yeah, me either. But he didn't like it. And it caused this whole thing. So in that situation, it's like, that. that's not on purpose. Like, that's just, it's just what happened. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a story for another day because... And they, I remember, because I remember, like, last season, she interviewed them, and they talked or whatever. Okay, like, good. Like, they talked about it. Like, they made up and stuff. Like, they had a public exchange. I think even on Twitter. But, um, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I think Naomi was taking a stand for also athletes who don't have... I think she knows the platform she has. Mm-hmm. And I think she knows that she could probably get away with this more than another player could, just because... Even she said, you know what I mean? Like her status, yeah. Her status, she has the resources, like she could, you know? So I think she's also taking a stand for like uh the athletes who feel like they can't do it. Um and I she touched on like the mental health aspect of it. Which is uh, important. Yeah, which is important. So I think if you know an athlete mentally they don't feel like they want to do it, then that's a different story. But some athletes just say they just don't want to do interviews, they wanna go home after the game and they don't they don't have to do it. Like they're not for they they shouldn't be forced to like this isn't what I'm here for I think there's a difference between the athletes who say that and then like Naomi Osaka and athletes who do it because of like mental health reasons or you know just how they feel mm-hmm. and she she didn't say she's never doing an interview again right she's just um, not doing it for this tournament exactly so I think what she's doing makes more sense um and like I I understand it but then some athletes, on the other hand, just don't want to do press because they feel like they don't need it. Like, who are they to do press kind of thing? Like, you know? Yeah. Which, but I don't agree with that. I don't either because it's like the longer you do that, like. Like, who I, are you without press? Like, exactly. I'm so sorry. Like, if you That's think about it. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, watching the game, even the <laughs> analysts, like, the broadcasters, like, they're, they're press. What do you think? They're journalists, you know? Yeah. Like. The TV it broadcasting you is press. Like social media is press. Like exactly. you need press. 
Exactly. Because press is money. Like, let's be real. A exactly. lot of people, there there are a lot of people in this world who could be millionaires without press. Mm-hmm. Athletes are probably not in that category. And that's not to be shady or anything. That's just being realistic. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like... No, it's true. Look at the change that we've even seen the past few years, even with social media just becoming bigger. Yeah. And the way athletes, you know, are living or just like... How they generate more of a lifestyle, you know? Like those supermaxes are Mm -hmm. insane. And a lot of that money comes from TV deals. Yeah. It's like it's linked to TV, which is linked to press and social media and stuff like that. Like Like you're following. mm -hmm, Without popularity, a lot of that money isn't there. Exactly. And the more press you do, the more attention you're going to get naturally. Right. Like, the people who create these platforms, they're fine. They don't need popularity to have money. Like, the people who are behind Google, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, or whatever financial company. Like, the people who have been millionaires before press. Like, they're fine. But a lot of the money that is made today is largely linked to press and there is a lot that falls under the umbrella of press and that's like the point we're trying to make like um I don't think the answer is no press Mm that's definitely not we all like to make our money the answer is making sure that there is respect on both sides and that means athletes have to respect the press as well as press respecting the athletes even when you look at um like, the athletes that get brand deals or face of, like, you know, Nike sneakers or whatever, it's based on their popularity. It's mm-hmm. based on their social media following. It's based on how much coverage they're getting in the press. Because if they're not getting that coverage, they wouldn't sign these deals they sign. So that's why I think there's a difference between saying, oh, like, mentally I'm not going to do press for this couple games or rounds or tournament or whatever. Um and I think Naomi Osaka is trying to take a stand for players who feel like they can't compare to, like, oh, Marshawn Lynch. Like, that's who I think of when I think of the media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he would just say his one-word answers. Like, I think that's different. I think it's different when a player feels like they're too good for the media. Meanwhile, you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like her statement. Um, I do, too. I think it was nicely worded. And, and- she said she's going to donate if she got fined. Yeah, like match it and donate it to a mental health charity. Um, so I see both, but at the end of the day, like the athletes need the press, mm-hmm. and you just can't be disrespectful. It goes both ways, it does, but I feel like sometimes, like in more recent years, like athletes have publicly looked down upon like the press and journalists when it was uncalled for. Yeah, and I it's agree. like, like without this, like you wouldn't be getting the the uh endorsement you're getting like that comes I feel like at this point we have to understand that's what comes with that job Mm -hmm. and no job is perfect like no job there's always going to be something that's annoying and it's okay to acknowledge that you don't are not you're not always excited to do it but it is a part of the job but I also completely understand where Naomi is coming from and I feel like that needs to be paid attention to like maybe y'all need to reevaluate how y'all talk to her 
or um, what are y'all asking her? And not even just her, because she's saying like, it's not just me, it's other athletes. Like maybe we do need to reevaluate talking to someone who just lost one of the biggest tournaments of their life right after they lost. Like I know how I feel when I'm sad. I don't want to talk to anybody like when I'm crying. Like sometimes I just need my space. And now you're telling me, like imagine you just lost like Wimbledon or something and you have been working your entire life. Imagine you have been training your entire life and you were up against a Naomi Osaka or a Serena Williams and you lose. And the first thing you have to do is sit in a chair and talk to press. I understand completely that it's traumatizing. That is super annoying. Maybe we should reevaluate that. Um, I agree. Um, I think obviously even she said, she said some of the questions they ask, like, like it brings doubt in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand like that in a way, like some of the questions being asked. So I do think maybe like you can reevaluate or even like right when someone loses, like you're not going to be like, oh, what could you have done to do better? You know what right. I mean? Like, like we could probably space it out, like maybe give yeah, her an hour like or something. Um, but at the same time, there are questions that need to be asked. Like exactly. People <laughs> want to know whether like, like being an athlete, a popular athlete in America is like you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to know, like, people, sports is a whole culture here. Like, people want to know the process. People want to know what you were thinking. Like, people literally invest their lives into these sports. Yeah. So, like, they do want to know these answers, but I do think there is, like, a line. It's it's so hard to determine what the line is, though. Because it's like, we can sit here and go on about each side, but then still find, like, a flaw and be like, but I see how this side and I see how that side. So it's like, it's really hard to determine what that line is. That's why it's like, I don't blame her for not wanting to do it. Like it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think her statement may like, like I agree with, but then it's important for like other athletes to realize that like, like she had a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't feel like you're too good for the media or the press. Because doing that is also part of your job. Yeah, that that's detrimental. So yeah, that's how that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into season two, episode fourteen of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Make sure that you're subscribed to us here on Spotify and that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at dyct podcast. Again, that is dyct podcast, and you will hear from us next week.